Welcome back to another edition of the Fried Egg Podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by the Fried Egg Pro Shop. We have a bunch of new stuff in the Pro Shop, one of which is the new Fried Egg hoodie. We uh, we put our alternate logo that you may have seen at the ends of some videos on a hoodie. It's a beautiful illustration done by Cameron Hurtis, who does some of our video editing and a lot of our graphic design. Uh, it is an awesome hoodie. They are very soft, extremely comfortable, the perfect spring item to have. Um, just as a frame of reference for sizing, I might go, I'd say they run about a half size smaller than standard. So if you know, if you're in between a medium and large, go large. If you're between a large and XL, go XL. If you're between a small and medium, go medium. They are extremely comfortable. I'm so bummed that I left mine at home and uh, I've been on the road for a little while. So check that out at the Fried Egg Pro Shop. You can get there by going to thefriedegg.com. Today's episode is with Kyle Alderink. Kyle is a PGA pro, a teaching pro. He has uh, been my teacher for nearly a decade, um, although I have not gone and gotten a lesson in a few years. Kyle is uh, one of the brightest young minds in golf instruction. He, uh, he's been on Golf Digest's list of top teachers under the age of 40 for a few years running. Uh, he has come up with a new system called the mental golf type, and it's all centered around personality traits. So I'm sure many of you that work in an office or a team setting at your job are aware of personality tests and, you know, they help you work with different people in a workplace. Well, this carries over to golf and I'd never really thought of it, but then Kyle kind of talked to me about the stuff he'd been working on and I, I took the personality test and sure enough, like it like hits exactly what type of golfer I am, where I have struggles, everything. So I had Kyle on, we talked about this, uh, personality test and personality based things with golf and how you should approach it. He has a Instagram page, a met at a mental golf type. Uh, I'd recommend following that. And then, you know, if you're interested, check out his website. There's a free personality test there and you can kind of get started as to, into looking into, you know, different things and tendencies and how you should, you know, go about playing better golf. So this is a little bit different than our standard episode, but I found the topic extremely fascinating. So I figured you guys would too. Without further ado, here is Kyle Alderink. I miss a green, for example. I'm already upset. When I find my ball in the bunker, I'm really upset. And when I find my ball in a fried egg. Fried egg. The dreaded fried egg. Fried egg. Fried egg. Fried egg. Fried egg. Fried egg lie. I'm about ready to run off the golf course. Mental golf type. What does that mean? Well, <laughs> just putting it right on blast there at the beginning. I love it. I mean, essentially what it means is, is everybody's not the same. I mean, that's the easiest and simplest way to put it, you know, but in terms of mental game and performance, everybody kind of tries to lump everybody into the same category. And, you know, when I really was diving into 
uh, sports psychology and mental game and performance and all that stuff, I, I realized the message was always the same. And it never really made sense to me because you just, I mean, you talk to enough people, dude, like nobody's really wired the same way. How people play, how people perform is going to be different, especially when you see different personalities on the tours. I mean, you see your Bryson's and you see your uh, Justin Thomas's and your Dustin's and uh, Lexi Thompson's. I mean, everybody's just got their own kind of way of doing things. And what I really noticed was, you know, it was the ones at the higher level that were the ones kind of being okay being them. It was the ones on the lower tours, the minis or college trying to work their way up that was trying to follow everybody else's way of doing things. Um, so I always found that kind of fascinating and, you know, getting deeper into it, I, you know, the, I guess the little bit of the background is I, I came across this guy, John Weir, who introduced me to personality types and how that, and how these facets of our personality affect everything. I, I met him when he was working with Mike Bender, um, at his elite Academy and, um, you know, what he showed me kind of just rocked my world, man. It changed my whole way of thinking. Yeah. So obviously like anybody that works in an office can relate to this. I, remember at a couple of my jobs, we did personality tests and just understanding how your co colleagues, what their types of personalities they are, help you work with somebody better. So I imagine golf is no different, whether it's you're working with an instructor, you're working with a, you know, a physio you're working, or you're just working on yourself, working on becoming a better player, understanding your strengths and weaknesses as a person and your your type of personality, how you take in information um, is very important on the golf side. Well, for sure. You know, and, and people don't like to be lumped in a box. My argument's always been everybody's been lumped into a box, especially into, into that. But it's, it's the application that is really unique to what mental golf type does. And, you know, I've seen personality stuff around even as a coach where, you know, people would offer, hey, this person you need to be more gentle with and things like that. But it never really gave an application of, how does this help players perform better? And, you know, what John introduced me to, which was really the game changer, is, is stress is really what tanks everybody's performance. Like you and I know, because we've talked about it for so long, it's not your swing breaking down. Like your swing doesn't change that much. You know, if you look at Jordan Speed through his struggles, his swing didn't look a whole lot different, if any different, than when he was number one in the world. But like stress and what stresses players and the effects that the body goes through is really what's breaking that down. The interesting thing is it's unique to everybody. It's unique to your personality. Like some people are stressed out by the future. Some people are stressed out by the past. One person's still pissed off about three putt three holes ago while the next person's worried about tanking their, you know, their score three holes ahead. You know, some people are getting way too under their swing mechanics. Some people are seeing too much of where the ball can't go and that stresses them out. Like a really good way to think about this is like if you – just built the biggest, scariest, baddest roller coaster on the planet. And like me and somebody else is sitting there looking at this thing. One person is probably like excited as hell running at this thing, like excited to get on it. And you got me who's turning around the other way running for dear life. It's the same thing, but how we internalize that is totally different. And essentially that's what our personalities are doing. Like situations, the golf course or pressure or anything is presenting. People are internalizing that different. So how they use their personality is either going to help them get into an optimal state of mind or it's going to stress them out and tank their performance, yet they'll run to the range and work on their swing because they think they got to get their P4 better or something. So you're a, you're a golf instructor by trade, you know, PGA certified golf coach. Uh, you, you've been a teacher. You've been on the, you know, 
Golf Digest best teachers under 40. You've got illustrious students, you know, myself being one of them, but <laughs> I, I've been the most delinquent student over the last three years. Um, but you have, you know, Jordan Hahn, who's, who's got, you know, conditional status on the web tour, number of college players, number of great junior players, starting to understand mental types and, and personality traits. How has that changed the way you coach your different players? A lot. What I started to notice is the students that I did have, the Jordans, the U's, the ones I had for a long time that really thrived, and not saying nobody else did, but you know the ones that were really could thrive, where you could not play a lot and still go qualify for U.S. Mid-Am or you know win some local stuff, they were my same personality type. And it was a lot easier to communicate and get messages across because the stuff that was working for me that I thought was the absolute way to do it fit that. And our way fits what like mental game books coach. The problem is, is about 75% of the population or more is not even close to like we are. So that message kind of falls upon deaf ears. Like some people need that aim small, miss small, and need to actually have something in their swing they think about, where some people just need to get up like Bubba Watson and say, I'm just going to hit a fade. And like they need to see bigger targets and zones. I'll give you an example. I have um, two sisters locally here that are both really excellent players, both collegiate players, one's going off to college, one's starting their college career, and they're wired totally different. And I actually just took it, took a video of them on the range one day arguing about exactly what we're talking about. One was like, you know, I can't look at something so small. I feel so constrained and restricted. We we're talking about like lines on the ball. The other one's like, I don't even know how you can see something so big. Like that just freaks me out. And there's just literally arguing about the difference of that. But I have to talk to them totally different, even though we're in the same kind of setting. So in a, in a real like world setting that everybody would understand, um, you're talking about maybe Bryson versus Dustin Johnson. They just like the way they approach the game of golf, completely different, both exceptionally talented and both very successful, but they couldn't be more extreme. So when it boils down the way they practice, the way they approach the game, the way they think about where they're hitting shots to, the way that are coached needs to be tailored towards their distinct personalities, correct? For sure, because that's what motivates them. Their minds kind of light up. Like, you know, Bubba Watson had an article where he was talking about someone told him that he had a chicken wing in his swing and he didn't know what that means. You know, I like the fear is always if you took someone like that and you put them into more of a Bryson DeChambeau way of doing things, very mechanical, scientifical, we probably would have never heard of Bubba or Jim Furyk or players like that. But again, if you if you take a Bryson, you're like, dude, you got to get off track, man. And, you know, you got to just play like an athlete type thing. I mean, we're probably not hearing a Bryson like he's OK being who he is, <laughs> even though he's pissing some people off. Mm -hmm. You know, I think obviously people understand personalities at a broad scale like you've got your extroverts and your introverts i think that people understand that so at a very basic level like you know if i'm if i know i'm an introvert or if i know i'm an extrovert you know what are the types of things that i could just improve by thinking certain ways or what should i stay away from should i stay away from magazine tips you know <laughs> like yeah no that's that's a great question um and the extrovert introvert one i don't think is understood all that well i mean we just kind of think about us talking and not talking essentially that's what that really is is our energy source extroverts get really energized like even myself just starting to talk to you like i get very energized um where introverts will get more exhausted by that like introverts talk a lot they just typically will talk to a close-knit circle like they're just not the ones to go socialize with everybody because it comes a little bit exhausting 
they also just internalize things a lot better. So they get clearer on ideas uh, more internally. So one of the simplest things is extroverts to just talk shots out loud, even though, even if it might look them a little crazy, like right, one, one forty two wins a little into me. All right, that's seven iron. Here we go. Like something like that. I, we had a guy email us that uh, picked up one of our programs. And he's like, dude, just, I just went to talk my shots out loud and I shot like 39. He's like, I've never broken 45 before. He's like, what, what is going on? <laughs> but like introverts, you know, when they're forced to talk or like in college settings, sometimes college coaches are, are harping on them like, Hey, what are we doing on this shot? And they're forcing them to talk and not letting them be internal. And that stresses them out. And essentially introverts should just always have a little bubble of, Hey, like, you know, when I get within 10 yards of my ball, I'm just going to just focus on my internal details. Extroverts should always be kind of talking their stuff out. But again, in terms of articles, like it's just knowing what to listen to, you know, I mean, Sean Foley's a, a great coach. His stuff is really good for a certain population, you know, and so forth. And there's coaches out there again, they're, Hey, you know, track, man, you shouldn't use that type thing. And that's why there's always this heavy debate because it's really good for some, not good for others. And it's just knowing where you fit in that mold. So you're saying that there isn't one right way to approach and play and teach the game that that wouldn't bode well. That's almost too reason for, you know, the Internet discussion right now. You know, there has to be just one way. Right. Well, for sure. Right. And I mean, then people really staunchly believe in their ways and whether it's, you know, any walk of life, which we don't like off topic here. But but that's why there's so much argument, because it's like you don't believe what I believe. You have to be wrong. But that's the thing is like it's it's different. People are just different, man. And and things that work for players are different. That's why I had some students that I really cared about earlier in my career left and I didn't understand it till now is because I wasn't speaking their language. Mm-hmm. And it was probably for the better because they went and did well under somebody that coached totally different than I did. It's almost like there should be a mandatory personality test before you start working with an instructor. Well, and that helps with this, right? I mean, it has a lot of applications, caddy players, coaches, students, parents, students is a huge one because again, you know, parents and kids butthead a lot over some things where, you know, like I had a parent who was just losing his mind because his kid wouldn't use alignment sticks and he just isn't wired to do that. Like he just, like he sees shapes of shots. So he's aiming right and drawing, aiming left and fading. And he's like, he's, he's aiming left. I'm like, he's playing a fade, dude. Mm-hmm. And like his dad was just losing his mind. He didn't understand it, but that's like his way of operating. When he got those alignment sticks down, he was just freaking out. Like he got all restricted. He started worrying about his swing too much and he couldn't hit it on the face. You know, it's, it's funny. I, I, I was talking with a buddy who's a good mid-am player and he was telling me he was struggling and he was like, you know, he was talking about stuff at impact position. And I was like, it's so funny you're saying that because like I've never once ever thought about how I'm hitting a golf ball. And, and he's like, well, what do, you, what do you think about it? I'm like, well, I just have like the hardest time in the world getting set up and getting the club to the top of the swing. Like that's where all my struggles are. Like I just can't set up to a ball. And it's it, that's when we talked and, you know, about this more, I just like it dawned on me. It's like we're just completely opposite people, and like, and this is where it goes. To, like the it it adds like fuel to the fire of like, why are you asking your buddies that you play golf with what they're thinking about? Because that what works for them probably is completely different than what works for you. Well, and I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's always my favorite, right? Is when everybody says, "Well, what do you think about it when you do this?" I mean, and that can lead down some dark paths. You're the one that I stole the phrase from, player envy. Like I use that all the time after you and I talked. Uh, I think that's a brilliant word. And and I deal with that a lot, especially on like the collegiate level, 
you know, these kids are, you know, somebody else on their team's playing well and they're like, dude, dude, what are you doing? <laughs> like, yeah. you know, what are you working on? Um, so I think players can get lost when they don't know those things that are right for them. Yeah. I think like it's, it's the whole thing. Like every golfer is just like your fingerprints, like unique, you're unique to yourself. And I think one of the things that's interesting with this whole system is it gives you a better understanding of yourself. And from there, then you can build how you practice, how you work on your game, how you think about the game around that, you know? So if somebody is interested in really drilling into this, they can go to your website, Mental Golf Type, and you have a free test. I just went through it. Can you walk us through, you know, it's not just an introvert extrovert thing. There's other variables. What, what all, you know, it's like, it took me 15 minutes to do the test, but what are all the different things that it pulls out on? If it took you 15 minutes, man, you must've been lollygagging. I mean, (laughs) that thing legitimately will take five minutes. I'm very easily distractible. So (laughs) no, no, no. So (laughs) it's a good question. And like you alluded to one, you know, you said like, I feel things. So essentially there's four uh, major facets to people's personality. There's, there's our energy, which we talked about extrovert, introvert. There's our perception and focus. So essentially how we're seeing targets, how we're perceiving the world, you know, what helps us and stresses us. Like some need to be very narrow. Some need to be broad. Some need to be thinking more targets. Some need to be thinking more about what we call player side, which is swing. Um, there is how we evaluate and make decisions. Um, so there's what we call thinkers, which is, you know, head deciders basically need facts like your Bryson DeChambeau need a lot of data. Uh, they need kind of a system type thing. And there's feelers who are more trust their gut and they just kind of have this emotional intelligence about, you know, what the right decision is. You know, they can still use information, but they come to it a little differently, more like using their heart or their gut versus like the percentages fit this. I'm going with it no matter what. Versus, you know, a feeler like yourself might be sitting on a tight par four and just be like, I got driver, man. I just feel it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just a little different thing. And then uh, there's our structure. So how we, you know, manage the golf course, how we set up practice plans. So there's our judgers, which is what everybody wants the world to be, which is very on time, very structured, you know, to do list calendars. And then there's people like you and me who are completely out of order (laughs) and random. Uh, We call them perceivers. They just, they, you know what, perceivers do, they work super hard in short, like kind of short bursts, I guess, but whatever motivates them, they'll just go hard at, and then they'll jump to another project. They typically have four or five things going at once. Um, and you and I know we speak that same language um, <laughs> where like a judge or accused, they got to go, they need a list, like 10 minutes, of this, 10 minutes, of this, 10 minutes, of this, they need to know they're going to be at nine 30. They're going to be here. Like, you know, or you and I are like, uh, uh-uh, man. <laughs> well, that, that's like, it's funny because like I, when I want to write something, you know, if, if I have, if I'm writing for somebody else and they tell me what I need to write, it's like the most excruciating process for me. It, it, sure. it, it, I can even come up with the idea, but then once I get into it, like so many times when I sit down to write, I start writing and then what I'm, what I end up writing is completely different than what I think I'm going to write when I sit down. And I think the same way with like, with golf and what I practice, and it's probably a, a bad thing, but you know, I'll work on everything, but I get to the range and then I get working on something and I, and I will go work on something else for 15 minutes. I'll come back and I'll go back over there. And it's just really whatever I kind of like is jogging my memory. Yeah. 
Well, it keeps us sharp. I mean, that's that's what it is. Like we get excited doing new things. So, you know, perceivers do really good with like a practice menu. Like with them, I've learned to just give them, hey, here's five things I want you to accomplish and just go do it. You get get it done and they'll get it done. You know, it just might be in a crazy order. Mm-hmm. Uh, where judges, I mean, like if you look at some of these practice plans I write up, like they're painful for me to write up. But um, essentially it's like, dude, these things are 10 minutes of this, 10 minutes of this, 10 minutes of this. This is your goal. Accomplish this. I mean, they're very, very structured. So like my girl Tess, who's playing on the Symmetra tour, uh, I mean, her practice plans like make my head hurt, but like she'll go out there and just be like, man, I don't really know what I accomplished today. Cause she doesn't know what to do. She feels lost without that structure. It's, it's just, it's this whole thing. It's like where, you know, it's, this has much more application, you know, to the greater world than just golf, but it's my wife and I are probably polar opposites. You know, she <laughs> looks at the way I do things. She's like, what are you doing? You know, like that's how you wash something. And I'm like, yeah, this is the way I've figured out works for me. But she's very, she's like very plan list driven. And it drives her insane that I like don't, I kind of approach every day and I'm like, well, this is, you know, we'll see where the day goes. And she's like, how do you not know what you're working on from nine to nine 30? I'm like, I, cause it depends on what comes up. You know, I want it. And I think that this obviously has a paramount thing for somebody that's trying to be the best golfer they can be. But it also there's a lot of real life applications for this and understanding because golf is in a sense, a microcosm of life, like how you overcome different struggles on the golf course and how you get through those is like, you know, it's just like life, you know, you can always tell how somebody is in life when you play golf with them. Yeah, man, it's it's funny too because my wife is the exact opposite of me, and I've come across that quite a bit. It's just checks and balances, but <laughs> um, no, you're right. I mean, and, you know, the thing is, is it's it's the stressors and doing things like people. There's learned and natural behavior. Like people can learn to do things. Every one of these facets, like we we do a little of both. So we always have a little bit of extroverted, a little bit of introverted. It's like being right handed, left handed. Like there's a dominant and a non dominant for people. And when we use those non-dominant, essentially it makes the brain overactive and becomes a stressor. So like some people are stressed by the future. Some people are stressed by the past. Mm-hmm. You know, they draw on past experiences and that freaks them out. Like, oh, this happened before. So this is going to happen again. You know, or some people are just like they can't see out in the future too much without having a plan because the future will become doom and gloom if they don't have their steps. You know, so tie that back into golf, like a sensor, for example, if they don't have like you know, if my setup is good and I hit the spot, my takeaway, the ball will go there. Like they operate really well on that. If they don't have that and they start thinking about the bunker and all the other stuff, it puts them into a big time stress mode and they can't really perform their best. Mm-hmm. Where an intuitive, you take them away from just shapes and pictures and how they can get the ball there and their creativity, you know, and you start getting them into the parts and pieces of their swing. You're just, they, they start to fluster. They, they start questioning everything. Is this right? Is this right? And they lose their gift of the future. Like intuitives, like you and I, when we have an idea, like we always see the end goal first. Like always. Like if I have a plan, like when you saw the fried egg, like you're like, dude, this is where I see this thing going. And you just, then you're like, all right, I'll figure it out from there. Like sensors, our counterparts can't think like that at all. They need to know, well, look, if I create this blog and then I create this and then I create that, it might get to here. And they're, they're very linear thinkers where we're very out of the box kind of thinkers. So obviously this has a huge impact on your instructor, your caddy relationship. How would you say it impacts you on the golf course and how you should think about 
you know, getting through hole to hole and how you think about, you know, just approaching playing golf? So, I mean, the idea is, you know, we classify the zone as an absence of stress because it really is like anytime anybody's just went lights out, usually most people have no clue why they do it. They'll just randomly go crazy. Like Kevin Chappell shot 59 in between a 71, 72, 74 last year. Mm -hmm. Just one random 59, right? So people don't really understand how they just go lights out one day and the next day something totally different. But what they will always say is that was easy. That just felt so easy. Because essentially that's what it is. The lack of stress, the lack of, you know, mental effort that they're putting in. But they just don't know how they're getting there. So our goal is to get into that optimal state of mind and using these facets help us do that. So, you know, take us an ENFP. If we're standing behind the ball, first thing I'm doing is I'm talking on my shot. I'm getting clarity on where I want the ball to go. That's already making my brain like light up and become active and positive. And then from there, I'm rehearsing in a way that I feel the shape of the shot. So it's all about what's the ball flight doing? Where is it taking off and how is it going? And then from there, when I walk in, you know, there's body language, some other things that go in there and some breathing techniques, which whatever. But essentially, again, keeping my eyes on the target and then I'm just trying to basically hit a fade. Like literally, that's it. You know, Dustin Johnson, just make sure you fade it. Mm -hmm. That's it. Like that's how an ENFP would really operate very well is just going through those meticulous steps that fit their personality. A sensor like an IS type, like an ISTJ was the complete opposite of us, would go through those zones very different. Like they would be internalizing, here's my start line, and then rehearsing very meticulously a move in their swing that they know if I hit this, I will, you know, hit my spot. So like Austin Trustlow is a perfect example. You know, it's who John Caddy's for on the Corn Ferry Tour. And he's, uh, we call him the precision machine. I mean, so he has a list of facts or details he takes in to make the decision on a shot. It's crazy how much he takes in. And then he basically, John just reminds him all the time, like, you know, can you get to your move at the top? I, I'm pretty sure he just feels like he sets the top and then hits it. Mm -hmm. And that's it. Like, that's his task. It's nothing about the target. It's purely, can you hit that spot at the top? Like, it's his job. And he knows if I do that and I hit it over my little intermediate divot, it's going to be money. With this, you know, obviously we've talked about a few applications. How can people find out more about the, you know, obviously your website, mentalgolftype.com, they can do the free test, which is going to give them their personality type. Now takes 10 minutes, we'll say for a normal person <laughs> uh, or less. Yeah. You get your, t your, your results. How do you kind of dive in and learn more about this stuff? Yeah, so there's tiers. So we have um, we have a free portal that everybody gets kind of access to when they start. And we got a couple just intro lessons in there, things they can use. So just even how to use your extrovert, introvert qualities. Uh, we got a few things about uh, how to develop a shot process on there, you know, what that really looks like. And, you know, for record, I hate, hate, hate the word pre-shot routine because I think it's damaging. Like mindlessly doing two crack swings and walking in a certain way doesn't really do much. But like how we think through these zones is important. So we have some of that in our free stuff. And then we have our, you know, our mental golf type level one master training, which teaches everybody these facets, exactly how they apply, how to use them, how to basically recognize stress, which is, again, the biggest one. So quick example, extrovert, you, here's a perfect story, right? The, the bus at the, <laughs> at the U.S. Mid-Am. So you're struggling, extroverts start to get quiet. Like you weren't saying, you weren't saying a word to me for two holes. You hook one to a point where a bus tries to pick us up because we're so far off the hole 
where we could laugh and start talking about it. And it was basically this diffuser, right? Like you started to become external and laugh and stuff like that. And then you put the next one to like two feet or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. But that's a great example, right? Like, you know, using that introvert quality, you know, something extroverts do, they get very quiet and very pulled in and like, don't talk to me type thing when they're upset about stuff. Yeah. You're just, you know, now you're opening, you know, dark skeletons as I'm thinking about my past, you know, lives <laughs> and think, whenever things go wrong, that's generally what happens. Right. But so, so we have that program, we have, you know, online courses. So we have one that just teaches people how to go through their shop process with their personality type. Um, we have a program that teaches people exactly how to practice and like a structure that we put together and something I've actually been developing for a long, long time with help of other sports coaches, you know, I've actually worked with this Navy SEAL a little bit on just how they train and just started to put together a structure of what I really feel is one of the best practice structures out there. And we teach people how to do that, how to set up their practices to really maximize it using their personality as well. So we have those out. We have something coming very soon. We call it the confidence code, which is kind of something we're going to do where we send people a weekly, like basically done for you plan, like follow these steps to build your confidence. It's like a little practice plan how to use a facet of their personality and just literally follow this and your confidence is going to go crazy. It's, it's cool. I mean, it'll help you in more ways than golf. It's so true. And like personality, understanding your personality is going to help you more than golf. And whenever your rest of your life is better, you usually are playing better golf too. That's another thing. Yeah. I'll, I'll make a note on that too. It's like, you know, I've had some conversations where people try to kind of debunk these personality things. I mean, there's a reason why so many people use them. Mm -hmm. And the reason people try to debunk them is because people typically answer in a way they were taught to do things. So it might not fit like what they truly are because they're afraid to answer like they want to answer. Like in the corporate world, of course, everybody's going to answer as a judger. Like they're on time and structured and stuff. In golf, like a lot of people are going to like say I'm a sensor because, you know, they were trained mechanically. You know, that might not be the right thing for them. So the important thing is just to go, look, this is who I am. It's not a good or a bad thing. This is just how I can use some things and really go. But when I've had one-on-one -on -one conversations or even conversations with college teams and I can kind of basically predict or call out people what they do when they're struggling, it kind of becomes spooky. It's so predictable when I'm saying, hey, like extra, I'm sure you're getting quiet. But like if it's a one of us, you know, we're getting quiet and we're getting mechanical. Mm -hmm. You know, ENFPs are getting quiet, they're getting mechanical, and we start overthinking every shot. Boom. I mean, that's when we're at our worst, right? Yeah, that's, that's where I am right now. <laughs> I'm at my absolute worst. But when we're at our best, we just see our target and hit it. I mean, we can't even explain it. Like, I remember having rounds when, like, I remember this one tournament round. I've never felt this ever since. But, like, I almost could see a path to the to the hole. I had, a, I had like, 23 putts. I made every single thing I looked at that day. And I literally felt like I could walk up, slap it with one hand, and it was going in. It was this feeling. I couldn't explain it. But that was literally me just looking at where the ball is going to go and hitting it. And when I started to get into more of setup and my putting and how the stroke is moving and all that stuff as I became a teacher, I couldn't putt to save my life, man. I couldn't make a four-footer for anything. I've been there. I, I know exactly what you're talking I've seen the line. Like, it's, weird. it's the weirdest thing in the world. And then when you don't see it, you always are like, where is it? You know? Yeah, right. <laughs> it's, uh, and I think like... Further on this, like when I did this uh, personality test in my last job, I, you know, before I started the fried egg, my boss and I were complete opposites at the ends of the spectrum. 
and it illuminated. It's like, oh, this is why we we butt heads on like all these different things. Like I'm a very idea oriented person. This is why she doesn't like a lot of my ideas because you know they haven't been proven out. It's just an idea, you know. And and uh, I think that's the the beauty of this is if you're working on the game, if you're you know trying to get your kid into the game, if you're you know kids a junior player, or if you're you know an amateur player and you're working with a coach or you're a pro. There are all these applications because things that you're doing and people you're working with might not know that naturally you're working against each other. Mm. I mean, that's that's well put, man. I don't, I don't know how else I can put any better than that. But that's, you know, one thing I'll always kind of credit back to John Weir, who was the one that introduced me to all this stuff. I mean, I think what he found was absolute magic. And, you know, it's kind of one of those things where it's like almost did we just keep it to ourselves and just be a unique type of coach and but it, we can't, you know, I mean, it's like, this is something I feel everybody really needs to understand because I know how it's, how much it's changed what I do and how much it can help people. And just seeing some people get over some struggles, just using certain things. Like I had one corn fairy guy, I don't, I don't know if he wants me to use his name, so I won't, but you know, he had a couple of good weeks and he just emailed us and said, I can't believe you said it's okay not to talk. Like, he's like, that is so relieving. He's an introvert. He's like, I was always out there trying to be social because I thought everyone thinks I'm a dick if I'm not talking to him. And he's like, you know, it's just I just did what you said. I got within, you know, 20 yards of my ball and just shut up. I wasn't talking to my caddy. We just did basic decision making. And, you know, I haven't felt that good playing in a long time. So, I mean, it's just crazy how something so little like that can make such a big difference. I mean, it's still just fascinating to me. So how can people find you, get a hold of you? Uh, they can follow us on Instagram. You know, we just have a newer account, but we're posting stuff there. So we're trying to grow that. And that's mainly where we post social media content, Instagram, not really on a lot of other stuff. I think Twitter is pretty evil at this point. So <laughs> I'm just staying off of that, man. I've seen some of your battles. So dark, dark place. <laughs> I'm guessing my battles mostly come with people that are the opposite type of, uh, of personality. Well, I, I was going to mention that, but I don't want to give anybody no. any, any name credit here. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so, but yeah, so that, and then if anybody wants to reach me directly, it's just my first name, Kyle, K-I-E-L at mentalgolftype.com. Uh, I do help individuals with this, mainly the higher level players, though, college players, people working, you know, up to the corn fairy, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming on, Kyle. And uh, I hope everybody checks you out. This episode was edited by Meg Adkins and Garrett Morrison. And if you have some time, if you want to read great golf writing, you should sign up for the Fried Egg Newsletter. It's sent out every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. It's filled with uh, wit, insight, and I guess humor. It's written by our own Will Knights. And uh, you can do so by visiting the Fried Egg website, thefriedegg.com. And right on the homepage, you'll see a newsletter sign up. So enter your email and you'll get the fried egg in your inbox every Monday and Wednesday and Friday morning. Thanks.